Ed Robertson, thanking you as always for listening to TV Confidential. We've been taking a few days off this week to recharge our batteries, but we'll be back with a brand new edition of our program the weekend of Friday, April 7th. Our guest that week will be Emmy Award winning and Oscar nominated actor Thomas Hayden Church. We hope you'll join us for that. In the meantime, this coming Tuesday, April 4th, marks the 50th anniversary of the assassination of civil rights leader Dr. Martin Luther King. And with that in mind, we thought we'd bring you an encore presentation of the conversation we had in February 2021 with actress, author, and playwright Donzalay Abernathy. While most of you know Donzalay for her work as an actress, including the critically acclaimed Lifetime TV series Any Day Now, she is also the goddaughter of Dr. Martin Luther King, while Donzalay's father, the Reverend Ralph David Abernathy co-founded the Civil Rights Movement along with Dr. King. Donzelay's book, Partners to History, is a pictorial history of the Civil Rights Movement that also captures the words of both Dr. King and Reverend Abernathy, while also showing you first-hand glimpses of who both men were as people. Hi, this is Nichelle Nichols, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Aren't we all lucky? Ed Robertson welcoming you back to TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television is happy to welcome award-winning actress, author, playwright, speaker, vocalist, and civil rights activist Donzalay Abernathy. Donzalay's screen career includes such critically acclaimed movies and TV series as Don King, Only in America, Gods and Generals, Murder in Mississippi, Miss Evers' Boys, Commander-in-Chief, and The Tempest. She also starred for four years in the critically acclaimed Lifetime television series Any Day Now, plus she was one of the on-screen contributors to the 1960s edition of Vanity Fair's video series The Decades. Donsley Abernathy is also quite literally a child of the Civil Rights Movement. She is the youngest daughter of the Reverend Ralph David Abernathy, the man who co-founded the Civil Rights Movement along with his best friend, Dr. Martin Luther King. Donzelay's book, Partners to History, is a pictorial history of the Civil Rights Movement that also captures the words of both Dr. King and Reverend Abernathy, while also showing you first-hand glimpses of who they were as people. Donzelay Abernathy is also the lead vocalist of The Listening, The Listening, a unique social justice choral project inspired by Beyond Vietnam, A Time to Break Silence, a speech delivered by Dr. King in April 1967, one year before his assassination. We'll tell you more about the listening and partners to history in just a second. We'll also tell you about a Zoom talk that Donzelay will be giving on Saturday, February 27th. In the meantime, Donzelay Abernathy, welcome to TV Confidential. Thank you. Thank you, Ed. It's an honor to be here. No, believe me, the honor is on my end. <laughs> <laughs> and I love your introduction of me. It's very nice. Well, Very nice. I, I try to give the listeners as full a complete thumbnail description of who the guest is to set the stage for the conversation. And, and also because one of the things I love about doing this program is learning stuff about the guests, you know, stuff that I didn't know about. And I, I like to present that in the introduction as well. But to say you're a child of the civil rights movement is an understatement, but What's very cool, and this comes across not only 
and partners to history. But this came across in the conversation you and I had before we started recording, is that even though your father and Dr. King did important work together, and there were many days when the cause took precedent over your family, when he was there on Saturdays and Sundays and during vacation time, he made as much effort to be a good dad and to teach you the sort of things that any dad would want to teach his kids, didn't he? Right, absolutely. And uh, Daddy and Uncle Martin did that together. Uh, They wanted to have the family time together, and they wanted uh, us to know that we were important to them. And so um, we were the priority, our needs, and whatever it is that we wanted, and they focused on us. And and so I... uh, I appreciated it so much. I mean, they were working uh, feverishly for our freedom to make America a better place for us, their children, and for all people of color and for those who are white. And so uh, when they would come home and then go that extra special mile for us, you know, oh, it made me feel so guilty because I know how hard they worked. Um, All I ever wanted to do was please them and be like them and, and make aids in school so that I would get their attention. But, uh, yeah, they have done so much. And so I still have this uh, humility in my heart for them because they did so much. I mean, they worked tirelessly. And then, and then when we would see them in the evenings or, or the weekends when they were home, you know, they didn't just, like, go in the room and, and, and separate themselves. No, they were there in the midst of the children. And, and children take energy. And, uh, yeah, I, I have to say, my dad was amazing. My mother, tremendous. Ankaretta, I mean, just a hero. And then Uncle Martin, are you kidding me? I, I'm so grateful for them in my life. I cannot believe that I was raised by them. You know, Uncle Martin was my godfather, but my sister wants me to be, remind everyone that he was her godfather, too. And he was our brother, Ralph III's godfather. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. But he still was mine, yeah. too. Yeah. And But the life we had was just incredible. And the love that was shared and, and how they made us feel so special I never doubted for a moment that I wasn't loved. I mean, I felt so loved by Daddy and by Uncle Martin, by my mother and by Ankaretta. And, uh, you know, as a little girl, I was the brown little girl. My sister is fair-skinned, and so was Yoki and the boys and Ankaretta. But I was the only little brown-skinned girl. And I used to hear my mother say, the black of the berry, the sweeter the juice. And my mother would go out of her way to let me know I think you're beautiful and that I love you. And and it's just, it was so wonderful to have that sense of somebodyness within myself, which gave me a, a level of confidence so that when I went to school with white children who called me the N-word, it, it just didn't seem to matter. I just was coming from a place where I knew my mother thought I was beautiful. You know, and so I feel good inside, and Uncle Martin thinks I'm beautiful, you know, and uh, the same with Daddy, and so 
it gives you uh, a certain level of confidence, and uh, I'm I'm so grateful to them. I don't remember whether this whether you said this in Partners to History or whether you said this in one of the interviews I read of you in getting ready for a conversation, Don's late, but you described your skin tone as I think it's baked peanut butter, uh, which I've never I've I've never thought of peanut butter being baked before, but it's a it's a vivid image. And it's a testament to your skills as a storyteller because it's a very vivid image and it's singular. And I think it's cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I am definitely baked peanut butter. You know what <laughs> peanut butter looks like. Yes. It's got this, this brown. And then I don't know, but, you know, we would put our little uh, peanut butter sandwiches in the toaster oven. Mm-hmm. And you bake it and it get a little, it gets um, uh, just a little bit browner and just a little bit. And then it's hot, it's warm, and then you can put your jelly yeah. uh, on top of that and your toasted bread. And, yeah, that's what I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud of it, too. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be any other, I wouldn't want to be any other color. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah re- without re- a doubt. Yeah. Um, Refined peanut butter. Oh, thank you. <laughs> My husband says I'm a little too um, formal and, you know, sort of refined. But I grew up with my mother and my father. Yeah. And my father was a, a college professor before the Civil Rights Movement. Mm-hmm. He was also the dean of men at Alabama State. And my mother was a school teacher. And so you had to know how to make your verbs and nouns agree. Mm-hmm. You had to speak correct English. And if you didn't, my mother would pretend you were not speaking. And she'd say, I can't hear you. <laughs> you'd have to, you know, you'd have to enunciate and you'd have to say what you needed to say correctly, grammatically correctly. And then she would say, oh, really? Is that what you want? Well, let's see what we can do for you. But it was, it was funny. But it was, you know, I, and I love the way she did it because she made it like a game. But, of course, you wanted to speak properly and you wanted to be a good student in school and uh, you wanted to dress uh, properly. The only thing is, I just, I could never get the hair thing right. So I was like, <laughs> I gave up on my hair. But, uh, but uh, yeah, and, and because I was the age of the boys, I would run around with the boys. And so uh, y- Yolanda and my sister were prim and proper and perfect, and Mother and I Coretta were perfect, and I was just a little girl running around with the boys with the wild hair. And, uh, but that's okay. I, I finally got it together, you know, as, as I got older. But yeah, and I always used to sit up under Daddy and Uncle Martin because I didn't want to, you know, the boys like to play rough. And, and uh, sometimes, you know, I could play rough with them and, you know, toss and tumble and pretend to fight and all that stuff. But um, that gets old quick. Mm-hmm. And as a girl, you mature faster, you know, yeah. than, than the boys, you know. And so uh, it was more invigorating and stimulating for me to sit up under Daddy and Uncle Martin. I'll tell you one story that happened with them. We were meeting them coming into the airport, and I believe it was a Sunday. They were coming in on a Sunday. And, you know, we'd start at the gate. We'd meet them at the gate. But by the time you got to the main corridor, the main open area of the Atlanta airport, there was all this media. There was so much media. And so uh, Mother and Ankaretta and Yolanda and my sister, Wandelin, went to the ladies' room to make themselves look pretty because we were going to go to dinner. And the boys were running around, and I stayed with Daddy and Uncle Martin. And at the end of their conversation with the media, I found out that they were going to be riding on this T-1000 
teeny weeny little bitty plane. And I was like, can I go, can I go, can I go, please, let me go. <laughs> and my dad said, Don Delay, you cannot go because you're a girl. And Uncle Martin said, you know, Ralph, that's a great idea. Let's take the boys. And I was like, what? What? I walked away from them. I was so upset. I'll never forget this as long as I live. There was like a glass kiosk, which was like a little drugstore in the airport mm -hmm. lobby where you could buy magazines, toiletries, mouthwash, whatever you needed, a little toothpaste and those kind of things. I remember the glass. And I could see them standing there near this magazine stand opposite that lobby. And I just started, I was so little, I was blowing on the, you know how you can blow on the glass and uh -huh. fog it up? Uh -huh. And I was blowing on the glass, fogging it up, and I was thinking, and as I saw the boys running around like crazy, I said, you all will come to me. I will be the boss. I'm a female, but I will be the boss. <laughs> and I, um, anyway, the following week, Daddy and Uncle Maude took the boys on the plane. And there was nothing I could do. And then the poor people campaign right after Uncle Martin had died. Jose Williams called and he was going to take the boys and, you know, on the uh, mule train. And, and they were like, well, you know, they could get arrested. And Mother was like, okay. I was like, can I go? Can I go? And Jose's like, no, you can't go. You're a girl. We're all men. And so we'll be with the boys in the jail cell. But you're a girl. You'll be over there by yourself. No, you can't go. And I was like, what? What? Because I'm a girl? Oh, my goodness. And so, yeah, that was a different time. And uh, for me, anyway, it was really rough. But, uh, yeah, the boys come to me. They do, my brother. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he comes to me. Even Dexter would ask me questions. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when we were in elementary school, Martin, I always looked out for him. Always. Um, yeah, and I loved and adored him. He was very soft and, and gentle, and he knew that if somebody needed to fight for me, John Zelay will fight for me. You know, it didn't matter who I was fighting against. Yeah. I would, you know, stand up for Martin. But yeah, I had to work twice as hard because of what society said about females. Donzele Abernathy is on the line with us. Donzele Abernathy, youngest daughter of the Reverend Ralph David Abernathy, the man who co-founded the civil rights movement along with his best friend, Dr. Martin Luther King. Donzelay's book, Partners to History, Martin Luther King, Ralph David Abernathy, and the Civil Rights Movement is a pictorial history of the work that Dr. King and her father did together in founding the modern-day civil rights movement and changing the course of American history. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Donzele is also the lead vocalist of The Listening, The Listening, a unique social justice course project inspired by a speech given by Dr. King in April 1967. We'll tell you more about The Listening later on in our conversation, but first, I understand it took, it took you a good 15 years to put together partners to history, both from concept before and, and up until the time you finally found a home for it, partially because you started working on it after shortly after your father died, and so a part a part of you it was important for you to do that book and to tell the story the way you wanted it told because it was it was one way to pay tribute to your father. Right, it was a way to pay tribute to my dad, and so. Initially, I started writing 
stories, short stories mm -hmm. about my dad, but I didn't know how I would formulate the story, and I had all of these pictures, and so I ended up at um, an event that was held at Dina Merrill's house, Dina Merrill. Oh, yeah, yeah, the actress. Yeah, uh -huh, the actress Dina Merrill. Yeah. And uh, um, she uh, had a gathering, and a friend of mine, Karen Sperling, I served on the board of a foundation. We were called the New Visions Foundation, and we had founded at that point New Road School mm -hmm. in Santa Monica, and Karen and I served on the board. Karen said that um, there was going to be a, a private little party that Dina Merrill was having at her house, and, and she invited me to be her guest. She said, you're going to start to see all the, you know, it's all the families. Families used to own the studios, not corporations, yes. but families. So these families were all coming together at Dina Merrill's house. And uh, they were going to honor, Dina was honoring Gordon Parks, this amazing black photographer. Mm -hmm. So I went with Karen early. And it was a lovely party. Uh, besides Gordon Parks, Dennis Haysburg was there. And I think, and, and I think we were the only three people of color that were there. And the rest of them were all, you know, very wealthy people who were descendants of, of the families that had owned all of the major studios. And it was a very intimate, private little affair. Dean and Merrill's husband at that point owned Raleigh Studios. And so um, I was sitting there. I found this pregnant lady, and I went over, and I sat down to the pregnant lady, and I was talking to her, you know, because I'm like, I want to be a mom so desperately. And as we're talking about pregnancy and carrying the baby and everything, her husband comes over, and I introduce myself. He introduces himself, and I asked him what he does, and he says, I'm a publisher. I own a publishing company called General Publishing Group. I'm like, I said, oh, wow, I have an idea for a book. He says, you do, do you now? And he threw his card. It just slid it right across the table. The, the table, I guess, had just been polished. <laughs> the card slid so beautifully across the table straight to my hand, and I stopped it. I picked it up, and he said, let's take a meeting. I said, okay, I'll give you a call. So about a week and a half passed, and I called him. And his name was Coy Hayes, and he said, yeah, let's, let's come in and have a meeting. I said, okay. He said, how about uh, this week? And we set a date, and I went in. And what I did at that point was I took my, um, I had my short stories that I had written along the way, but I had all of these family pictures. And he was floored. He was like, oh, my God. And so, actually, not all of my family pictures are in my book because the book, of course, changed. Yeah. But he was he couldn't believe all these family pictures that I had of, you know, Daddy and Uncle Martin and the Civil Rights Movement and blah, 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 blah. And he was like, oh, my God. I said, yeah, so this is my idea for a book. And he was like, okay, let's do it. I'm like, really? He said, yeah, let's do it. So I said, okay. And, and then I left, and I immediately got home and called my mother, and she said, oh, don't play, that's not real. That's not real. <laughs> <laughs> don't know what you want to do it you. I said, well, I'm serious. Well, that's what she said. She said, oh, please, please. And then she changed the subject of a conversation that we went on to talk about other things. So I threw the idea out of my head. And about two weeks passed, and I remember waking out of a dream and saying, that man was for real, Don Soleil. Mm -hmm. You need to call him yeah. back. And so I picked up the phone, and I called him, and he said to me, uh, where have you been? I'm ready. Yeah. Where are you? And I was like, what? He said, are you serious? Do you want to do the book or what? I'm like, yeah. I didn't believe you were serious. He says, I'm serious. He said, uh, get in here. 
I said, okay. He said, when can you be here? I said, an hour and a half. He said, okay, I'll see you. And an hour and a half, I arrived into the office, and there he was with the editor, Peter Hoffman, in a contract. And I was like, oh, my goodness. He's like, yeah, and this is how much money I'm going to pay you, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my God. And, uh, yeah, I was off and running. And uh, fortunately, uh, I had a friend, Dorothy Earhart Morrison, and her husband, Saul Morrison, uh, a white guy. had. Um, I was there with Dorothy. I, I was a part of her book. Secrets of Successful African American Women, mm -hmm. and we were there getting um, our pictures taken for um, a promo for her book, and her husband comes out with this incredible photograph, which is ultimately the cover of my book that I had never seen before. Mm -hmm. I'd only seen it in a dream. My dad had shown it to me in the dream, and so I sometimes I have these dreams, and my dad will come to me. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm serious. And he had shown me this photograph, and I would, you know, I'd been doing the research for the book at that point, and I was like, Daddy, this photograph doesn't exist. And when Saul Morrison walked out with that photograph, I was stunned. I'm like, that's it. That's it. That's the cover of my book. And it became the cover of Partners to History. Donzele Abernathy is on the line with us. Donzele Abernathy, author of Partners to History, Martin Luther King, Ralph David Abernathy, and the Civil Rights Movement. We'll talk some more with Don Zelay about Partners to History, her upcoming Zoom talk, as well as the unique Coral Project, The Listening, as well as her encounters with the likes of Dennis Haysbert, Alicia Keys, and Gregory Peck when we come back on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.